I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. I've been podcasting since 2006. In that time, I've tried countless hosting platforms. But in August 2022, we switched to Transistor to power all of our shows here at True Story FM. And it's been a game changer. I love the Transistor allows unlimited podcasts and storage without extra charges. We can publish so much content. And we do. If you want to start up a podcast, do yourself a favor and host your show on Transistor. With their one-click publishing, you can get your new show onto all the major podcast directories effortlessly. And their website builder lets you quickly build custom sites for each show. The detailed analytics are invaluable, too. You can access all kinds of listener data anytime. Oh, and the versatile players allow you to embed episodes anywhere to reach new listeners. Plus, the team behind Transistor is super responsive and keeps making the platform even better. After using countless hosting services over 15 plus years, Transistor has been hands down the best podcast partner for us. If you want a hosting platform to take all the worry out of getting your podcast out into the world, go to thenextreel.com slash Transistor and check it out. Support our show and support your own show by going to thenextreel.com slash Transistor. Start growing your podcast today. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. A fine Saturday matinee to you both, Steve, Andy. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I'm bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Oh, I hate you so much. <laughs> so it's, I've had this realization I, that that I'm much more of a morning person than I am an evening person. And I, I have my dad to blame for that. So I find that hard to believe. Yeah. You're the one who is so alert at night when we are recording <laughs> the shows. I'm Except those times when I am asleep at the computer and, and forget to actually <laughs> jump on the call. Like you know what's times? funny about that is that's happened more than once. But I think it's only happened not... once. Has it happened more than once? It has happened more than once. Oh my gosh. It's happened more than once. But the, the thing that's happened most often is we're gearing up for the show and I'm starting to 
type at you in Discord and, you know, you write back saying, oh, my God, I've been asleep for 45 minutes. Hang on. Let me get it. Get my stuff in order. That's <laughs> happened multiple times. I can I can chronicle. Yes, that. How you yes. doing? Everybody good? Yeah, well, we're, I'm good. We're better than you sound. Yeah. Is, is it is it the earliness? I'm, is it? a seasonal thing is it that you're in the the dark no, part of the I, year I, I gotta, uh, <laughs> okay well all of those yes. things have happened uh but i got i got hit oh. with a crud last sunday and i mean i have been down for a week uh i have missed uh really four and a half days of life uh, because of it, it's just nasty. So if I break off into a, if I go dark for a little bit, it's because I'm in a mad coughing fit, and I apologize uh, in advance. That's okay. We will try to. Yeah. I did. I will, however, report that I I caught up on a lot of Bad Mirror. Okay, for yes. Bad Mirror. There we go. <laughs> black right. Black Mirror. I watched all three Taken movies. I watched Chips. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was sick week for show. Chips <laughs> uh, is a perfect sick movie. It is a perfect sick, sick week movie. <laughs> uh, and you know, I, I didn't connect with it as, as much as I wanted to, but I sure do like that, uh, Dax Shepard. He's a, he's a fine gentleman. I do too. And I really appreciated that he went out of his way to, to make all the stunt work. Like real mm-hmm. stunt work, like they did all full on stunts, and that yeah. that made me happy to see. And the bikes, the bike work was great. Yeah, right. And D'Onofrio was, <laughs> you know, that guy is just creamy icing on any project. He really that is. He does, and he just really is right now. He's he's we're at we're at peak D'Onofrio <laughs> right now in his career. I thought it was Men in Black. <laughs> I thought it was that was it, but, but and before that, it was right uh, it was Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I thought it was just this guy. He just keeps going up. Is there no end to the D'Onofrio uh, coaster? I hope not. Uh, what a ride! So that's my week. What do you guys have to report? Uh, do we do we touch on the uh, Globes since we predicted them last week? Yeah, Golden Globes. The Golden Globes happened. They did. Can I just say? Uh, Queen. I got my I got my Remy Malik. That's really all I cared about. I just was really surprised that it won Best Picture Drama. Yeah. Although I did finally see Black Klansman, which I really enjoyed. I would um still put If Beale Street Could Talk probably as my top pick. But the four that I saw, I mean, Black Klansman, If Beale Street Could Talk, A Star Is Born, Black Panther, all fantastic films. Yeah. So. I, I hope I like Bohemian Rhapsody as much because <laughs> it's got four really strong films uh, to contend with in my mind. Yeah, I think you'll be disappointed. I don't know. I really enjoyed Black Klansman. Well, and that's, if you're saying Beale yeah. Street is better than I can't imagine Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, I, it, it's, it goes into expectations, I guess, with that. But I, Wait, it was Bohemian Rhapsody no, one that you no, saw? No, but Steve? I'm just... So you didn't see it. I, did, I can't, you can't imagine I, it. I'm looking at how much I really enjoyed Black Klansman, and I'm not a huge Spike Lee fan. There's, you know, I, I'm very picky about his filmography. There's just some stuff I'm like, that's just not for me. I know that this one was really solid, and for Andy to say if Beale Street can talk is tops that, then for Bohemian Rhapsody, I just yeah, 
that would have to be like a five and a half six star movie and that doesn't exist because i only start with five well I, <laughs> that doesn't exist yeah. <laughs> does according exist. to according to letterboxd you got only yeah, five yeah. Where I, go? <laughs> I uh, i'll tell you i was I, I was surprised that it won best picture and that was um that was not uh that was one that i i enjoyed seeing because i liked the movie but i still contend that that movie is is even more of a movie yes. for fans of the music, like fans of the band. And I am a fan of the band. So I went in predisposed to loving the movie. I don't think it is as generally great uh, an award-winning best picture as it is a, an award-winning best performance by a lead actor. I thought he was, he absolutely deserved the, the role, the, the award. I don't think the movie did. So, you know, I'm with you, but, um, yeah, my wife said it was a very vanilla movie. She said it it just yeah. it, it felt very safe all the way through. It was absolutely safe. There were areas of where you can actually hear tires screeching at the hard left turn away from controversy <laughs> that this film takes as you're watching it. And it's just some in some cases you walk out and you feel good and a half hour later you realize you're grinding mm. your teeth real bad <laughs> and it's that's the feeling you get. You're like, "Why did they not like push any buttons or any boundaries?" And you know it's because it was produced by right. the band. And they, there's a certain, you know, that uh, of course you expect that. So that's what I mean. It's a movie for fans of the music and and of the their experience with the band and if you if you love that stuff um i i think you love the movie i'm and and i also think that's probably why it won best picture right i mean like it is the safest pick i don't know i haven't seen all of them but isn't it the safest pick of the set black panther i'd yeah. say is pretty safe well yeah i, I don't know i think star is born yeah. is pretty safe oh, yeah uh, if Beale Street could talk, I think it's pretty safe. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know. I guess it just depends. But it does see, seem to be kind of the most straightforward, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. I will yeah. say I was very disappointed in in people in general again when poor little Elsie Fisher um, tweeted with excitement, genuine excitement, that it won Best Picture and then completely got um, just steamrolled over by the Twitter Twitterverse about um, you know what an idiot she is for being happy for that to win. Um, that just makes oh, me sad God. that that people can be so mean still. And um, uh, you know, and she had to, you know, people were trying to uh, explain to her uh, all the issues with it, and she had to apologize. I'm sorry, I didn't realize. I'd rather just people. You know, just tell me what I don't know instead of getting so, um, so mean. And you know, I mean, she's she's a young teenager, and people yeah. just made me so That's mad. Okay, that. but I I don't know yeah. if you how often you're on the Twitter, but uh, I think Brie Larson sort of stepped in and you know turned turned that around with that yeah. uh, you know never meet your idols you know photo of her with with Brie Larson, which I was like, that's it made me so happy for both of. That's why I just it's it's like the exact it's like the antidote to the internet when people go out of their way to be good people and are you know reaching out to people yeah. and, and bonding and being positive so yeah i just you know, absolutely love, love things like i didn't see that yeah. but i'm glad oh, i'm yeah. glad that that happened all right guys green book did you were you happy no, that that no. one won <laughs> no oh i can't I like that movie so much less <laughs> now that now, now I mean, that now it'll the time always be Gold Love well, Award winning movie, Green Book. Yeah. 
And I think that, um, you know, you guys, uh, some people, I think Steve, you posted one. And then I think Nick posted another on our uh, Discord chat about some news that had recently come out after its win about uh, Peter Farrelly um, having to apologize for some flashing that he had done in the past. And the writer having to uh, close his Twitter account because apparently he had been making some anti-Muslim remarks post 9-11. All of that had come out. And uh, now some people are saying, you know what? It's chances for getting a nomination at uh, Oscar time might have just uh, faded away. Yeah. But none of those things should be surprising to anybody. I mean, Peter Farrelly, I mean, this was in the the incidents were what from like shooting something about Mary. So does it? Would it surprise anybody that that's something he would be doing? No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like it's the same thing with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, the stuff that that he had been doing in the past and, and tweeting about and talking about, it was so long ago in the past. And obviously, he's grown and changed as a person. And that's like saying people can't right. grow and change, um, except Kevin Hart, who apparently seems to, uh, you know, keep the wall up saying... <laughs> stop i'm not going to change but uh but otherwise i think it's it's interesting that it's it is something that just kind of keeps coming around yeah it's gross uh it's it's gross and and i want to go back to the golden globes though because this is it's frustrating that all this is is what it like i'm frustrated that uh the our perception of the movie wasn't shared by a, a lot of people um because it's just something that i get I, I see so clearly um and i don't think it should be the filmmaker's personal poor right. decisions that <laughs> you know that it should be the film, film itself that's preventing from, it yeah, from, yeah. From yeah, yeah right, the film right. itself should not win an award because it, it made some some uh poor turns and uh, i knew those guys were were you know of course there was stuff that comes up because there's always stuff that comes up and um so yeah i i don't i don't care for it well i'm curious to see it and uh i definitely want to see crazy rich agents which is higher on my list um but of the three that i've seen i still would have picked the favorite as the as my favorite so well, I'm curious if Crazy Rich Asians is going to have the legs to actually garner an Oscar yeah. nomination. Like of these 10 films that were, that were nominated for Best Picture at the Globes, which of these have the legs to actually make it that next step? I wouldn't be surprised if all 5 of the ne- of the of the dramas get nominated. Um of the musical or comedies, I would think the favorite maybe vice i don't know about mary poppins returns and i just i i I don't know about green book or crazy rich asians but um i'm really curious if crazy rich asians is going to have the legs to kind of bump it up yeah the academy is a funny group and that just yeah it would there's something and and maybe it's got to be hitting video really soon so there that may create that second wave of attention for this and uh it's it's a movie that surprises me because when you think Oscar, even though we've got ten films now, usually there's still uh, it's it's got to be something that really really stands out, and maybe this will hit, will hit just the right timing for for people to remember that this it's, is you know a really successful film. There's a it's really unique. It's it's something that wouldn't you know even a few years ago you wouldn't expect a movie like this. So 
yeah. Well, it's been available oh. since Thanksgiving. Oh, it has. So oh, since since okay. November. Well, yes. never mind. I don't know <laughs> so what I'm talking about. Go rent it. Go rent All it. Right. I'll go <laughs> rent it. See, for for me, the biggest thing that I I always forget because he's he plays such great American characters is how thick Christian Bale's accent is. We were talking with some friends about that. They're like, oh my gosh, I knew he was English, but he's like got a really, really thick accent. I'm like, yeah, he does. And you forget because you never, I, how often do you hear him without an American accent in a film? I mean, just looking at everything he does. I mean, he did, you know, he's Batman. He, I did, JJ and I talked about him on uh, Hostiles playing a, you know, American, you know, you know, Civil yeah, War right. era soldier cowboy guy, and you know he's playing Dick Cheney. I'm like, big short. You know, when does he play someone with a British accent? I don't know if ever. <laughs> when I think of what I Empire of the Sun, oh, <laughs> when he was like when he was like twelve. <laughs> okay, yeah, right. <laughs> Can we talk about Marvel just a little bit? We should talk about Marvel a little bit. <laughs> It's yes. taken over oh, Andy's oh, brain. Andy. Is what is Marvel? <laughs> what have you? Marvel, Marvel, Andy, Marvel. are you eating Marvel cereals know, right? for breakfast? Is that do they have those? Because when we were kids, it was like if there was something, it would be like there'd be a cereal for that. I mean, is there not an Iron Man breakfast cereal? Yeah. Why is has Marvel not cashed in on that thing? Marvel would have to be changing it every six months. Like like we'd be eating Captain Marvel crunchies right now. And then we'd yeah. be getting ready for the end game O's. <laughs> no. <which would> be, <laughs> uh... <laughs> just, so Infinity War would be like, why does this taste like ashes? Well, you just wait a couple of months. <laughs> it only tastes like ashes after you put it in your, after it's in your mouth for a few minutes. It's like, oh, what no, you're it will only, it when you pour the milk, half right. of it turns to ashes. The other half stays the same. <laughs> Come on, little Captain America yeah, shields exactly. and little Thor, you know, hammers, yeah. and it's like, like Lucky Charms, but yeah. Marvel. All of yes, those things stick those. around, yeah. right? Right. Well, and, and the Infinity War, right, but all the little ants <laughs> right. they get very oh, small. Tommy would love they that shrink one. in milk. <laughs> the Infinity War cereal would have the little, them. the six little, uh, 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 the Infinity yeah. Stones. You know, those would be the marshmallows yes. for that one. Oh, that's yeah. good. You guys, I thought this started as a joke, yeah. but we may be onto something. <laughs> Marvel colonies. I've, been, I've yeah. been trying to figure out a way. How are we gonna? How are we gonna monetize the right, Marvel so, movie? So we need to I make. We've just done it. We need to make a T-shirt for each movie that is its cereal <laughs> that we wanted to see. <laughs> mm-hmm. There we go. Oh, that's exactly Steve, right. Somebody get, get Joel on the horn because uh, <laughs> we need art. This is going to be it. I love it. Iron Man. Iron Man. What? <laughs> Iron Man Crunch. Iron Man. <laughs> Iron no, Man. that's Hulk. It's got to be a yeah. Hulk crunch. Something. Yeah, Hulk, Hulk smash. Um, mm. Iron Man. Uh, well, it's got to be full yeah. of iron. It's got yeah. <laughs> added <Yeah>. iron. <laughs> it's yes, fortified, fortified with mm. iron. <laughs> Can we? We should uh, back up a minute and talk about why this is so amusing to us, Andy. What have you done? <laughs> yeah, we're doing our Marvel movie minute now, which is uh, a touch of insanity thanks to these. Uh, all these crazy Marvel or movies by minutes podcasters, um, which started with the um, uh, the Big Lebowski uh, as a as a film where they started that, and then but the Star Wars minute guys really kind of took it and turned it into something massively uh, popular and entertaining. And now, I mean, there's um, well over a hundred different movies by minutes podcasts out there, and it just keeps growing. And we're now one of the many, but. We uh, decided to 
uh, take on the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is uh, probably the largest um, chunk, <laughs> the largest franchise I think that anyone's uh, done. So, and they keep growing. Um, the Marvel team keeps growing their franchise faster than we'll be able to keep up. So, yeah. So this is a lifelong. Uh, we'll be doing this till we die, I guess. Should be. Uh, should be. <laughs> One thing, oh, one thing to uh, to mark uh, on our tombstones, I guess. There you a, go. A couple of uh, answers to let's just say FAQ questions that have come to us. Are you doing every minute <laughs> that... or just your favorite minutes, uh, Andy? I love that <laughs> of each movie. Oh yes, we're doing every supposed... stinking minute. Every okay, stinking minute. okay. And uh, Andy, uh, how often are shows released? We're doing five shows a week, Monday through Friday. And uh, I think we decided for Patreon, uh, our Patreon members can, uh, some of them can get access to this, the Saturday matinee. And uh, eventually, if we get enough uh, supporters on Patreon, we'll start an additional uh, weekend show. But uh, that's down the road. That's uh, right now, five days a week. That's so far down the road. I don't even remember talking about it. (laughs) It's way down Uh, there. Yes. Okay. Five days a week. Uh, And yeah, the Saturday matinee. Uh, is included for everybody who is a patron. Uh, thank you, patrons. And um, uh, so we hope that there you enjoy the vast back catalog that is in your personal RSS feed mm-hmm. uh, attached to your Patre- Patreon account. Uh, if you sign up as a, as a patron, in, hit, hit, hit the bricks. Go to the beginning. There's lots of them in there now. Lots and lots. Indeed. Indeed. And I would, uh, I would think that there are somewhere we've probably uh, at least mentioned Marvel. <laughs> obviously oh, yeah. we yeah. we hadn't uh jumped onto this bandwagon from the beginning but but here we are now we have uh <laughs> thank you everybody who has jumped in and and given us kind reviews from the new show in itunes um the uh, one more faq question this is the first time that a next real sort of property uh that we've split it off as its own show as its own feed so you do have to go into your podcast app of choice uh apple podcasts overcast uh radio public whatever you're using to listen to shows um is um you know you'll have to go subscribe new you're not going to get this the same way you get uh the film board or uh trailer rewind uh which all come through the main next real feed so um if you're confused about why you aren't seeing marvel movie minute shows in your feed that's why it's a new show um so please subscribe thank you to everybody who has left us kind uh reviews for the new show um in these podcast apps particularly apple podcast uh reviews that come in a short period of time uh so as the show is new those if you jump in and give us a review if you're interested in helping if you like the show reviews that come in a short period of time really help the show get noticed it just it it that's how the algorithm works so uh if if you like the show if you're interested in helping us out um leave us a review and uh we we deeply appreciate it here here and speaking of marvel did you guys watch the new captain marvel trailer you know about me and trailers Mm -hmm. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna be a hard one to to have these yeah. conversations well, with, man. I, I, I did watch the first one, and that's because, well, what is this thing? And now that I know, yay, I'm excited about this thing. I will enjoy some surprises and stuff. So, it's uh, you know, I I've been uh, the Star Wars minute guys were actually talking about this and and uh, had a good point about how um, 
all of these things with trailers and stuff. It's just another way to to build your excitement, uh, you, you know. And so I, I look at all of this as just a way to kind of continue my enjoyment and just to really, really have a great time with all of these different things and, and the theorizing and everything. But um, Captain Marvel is a, a superhero I knew nothing about. And so watching, I mean, Cap, uh, trailer three just came out this past week. And uh, it's it's good. I mean, it's it's very interesting. I'm very excited to see um what they're going to do with this because because brie larson looks uh typically badass and uh learning more about the kree and everything I, i'm excited to see what's going to happen and how all of this is going to end up tying in with uh endgame yeah uh it just got darker you guys yeah, still i'm still me? here yeah okay all right. Yeah, I I really like it and I you know, I'm I'm very hopeful that she um that that my sort of enthusiasm for her performance here lives up to my enthusiasm for the potential for her to sort of replace speaking of cousin Oliver syndrome to replace Captain America as kind of the central figure uh the heroic figure of the Avengers because you know I know his contract is has been up and I know he's um you know looking he's he said publicly he's looking at moving on and um so I'm I, I I'm hoping that she can really step into that role as being a an, an Avengers um you know central figure and leader and uh that that the glue holds up for the team i loved it yeah i'm really curious how how that is going to work and uh and yes you're right knowing that um uh, a lot i mean i think the original three um uh robert downey jr chris evans and chris hemsworth i think all of their contracts are up <clears throat> yeah yeah um uh, and well, and so is it, yeah, and uh, you know he's Robert Downey Jr. His his contract was up a long time ago. He's been movie by movie um, for I think the last you know three or four, and uh, that that he's been in. And so it's uh, you know I I I feel for for Marvel. Like it's got to be hard having created these stars and knowing that they're just fatigued. Um, that uh, there comes a point when you've you've got to rotate them through. Well, and at least with with Captain America that's one that uh, they have some flexibility with because eventually um, uh, Bucky is going to kind of step in. And when they had him sign a contract, it was a nine picture deal. So he's got quite a number of films left. And so could, could easily, um, you know, after Endgame, he could easily step into the Captain America role for a little while. Yeah. Right. Right. I would still love that to be a Brie Larson kind of a thing though, you know? Well, I would love yeah. to have to have that the, that role filled by by Captain Marvel. You mean actually Captain Marvel becoming Captain America, or you I just mean being, <laughs> being mean one of I just the mean, key points? Yeah. It's okay. I just wanted to clarify. I, right. I was like, that might right. be a little odd, Captain Marvel America. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified. I, I was I, clearly I was not. I, I'm interested because I always look at who's who's bringing this to the screen who's realizing this vision because i think they've always found you know the the right team to to bring each picture someone that's that's passionate that's got some specific vision for this and i don't know anything about anna Bowden and ryan fleck i'm looking at that and i'd like those are not names that 
stick out to me. But then as I as I dig in, okay, I see they're a team that have worked on quite a few things, smaller things. So I, again, this is uh, as we see Marvel not picking, you know, well recognized known names, uh, but actually, you know those sort of successful middling, you know, people, I, I keep hearing about Mississippi grind. I have not seen that. Uh, but now I guess that's something, mm, uh, yeah. I want to check out, see how, what, what their films are like, what, how they, they manage a film and what, uh, sort of their, I guess their, their voice of, of, because it seems like they're a, a collaborative team on quite a few things and you don't see that a lot. Uh, but when a team works together really well, uh, I think they can pull off some great things and anybody that can, uh, how did I miss Mississippi grind? Ben Mendelson, Ryan Reynolds. What? How? Yeah. Yeah. We did it as a trailer pick. I'm we surprised you guys did, haven't done did, it on the trailer rewind okay. at some point. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's on the list. Put it on the list, man. I'd maybe, maybe it's not streaming. It. Maybe it's not, uh, uh, out there in the digital that, realm, that easily could to be. find. I don't know. I could have sworn I saw it on Canopy. No, it may be. Oh, is this? Uh, oh uh, wait, you're right. Is this an A24? No, no, no. It was before A24 came around. I think. Uh, probably not, but oh, it okay. wasn't A24. That's out so, there. Well, okay. it's out there. That's something to we'll see. To, see where it check is. Check it out. Well, should we move forward? Should we jump into our uh, trailers? Andy, it was we A24. All right. USA theatrical release, A24, 2015. <laughs> I didn't say anything as I you beat me to it. But That's I'm what IMDb sure is telling me. That's so, so funny. <laughs> I totally do that's not remember that being Canada. an A24 pick. That's yes. so interesting. Well, that's before we were... Oh, well, I well, guess we, I'll have we to were, see it. Yeah. Well, it, No, I, I think that was, that was pre that was Saturday night. Night. We've only been doing this for like a... Yeah. It was pre... It was pre-something. Pre- <laughs> Thank God it was pre-something. Yeah. Right. Right. All right. Let's well, well, we ended up picking a trio of Netflix trailers. Uh, so I think we should do this in order of release date. So <laughs> okay. the one that gets released first, that one should go first, and because we'll, there's it's three consecutive weeks. I looked at the release dates on I these. Know, the odds of that? We've got three consecutive weeks for people to enjoy our trailer picks on Netflix. So who's first? I think so, Pete's was first, right? Oh, was it? All right. No, no. Is is Pete's the eighteenth? Who's got Feb- Who's January got the eighteenth? Oh, yeah, yours. that's Pete. Yeah, that's right. All right, I've got um, uh, Sam is one of the last survivors on a post-cataclysmic Earth. She's a young scientist dedicated to finding a way for humans to adapt and survive rather than abandon their home planet. Uh, Yeah, Uh, so Anthony Mackie's in this movie. That's why I clicked play, because I saw his head on the thumbnail. And uh, I'm I'm in for movies like this. This is kind of an I am legend. Uh, It starts with kind of an I am legend thing. If the the world is is gone. Um, But, uh, you know, mysteries ensue. It's got a good look to it. Um, It is um, an an exciting uh, thing. I like seeing him in something that doesn't have wings. Um, and, uh, uh, she's, uh, Margaret, is it Margaret Qualley? Uh, I don't know much about, uh, Margaret Qualley, but I do, uh, really enjoy, uh, what she brings here that it turns out there is, you know, you'll be, you may be surprised to hear there's a mystery, uh, that she gets to unravel, uh, over the course of this movie. And, uh, um, I, I think they make an interesting pair as they, uh, move across the barren landscape of the uh, evacuated Earth. Um, good sci-fi elements, great production design. Um, uh, it, it's, I think it's going to hinge on the performances if they can make it, uh, you know, make the world believable. But 
I'm I thought it was pretty cool and it can drops, you know, very, very soon. So uh, what do you guys think? I thought it looked super cool. I, I like um, <clears throat> excuse me. I like uh, just the vibe of uh, the that this post apocalyptic world that they've created here where the it's this toxic planet and these two are, are the supposedly one of the two of the last few who are surviving. And I found it to be just a really interesting vibe and tone and uh, look. And, uh, yeah, it, it piqued my curiosity. It's something that I, um, am, uh, interested in checking out and, uh, you know, just Anthony Mackie, I always enjoy. So it's a nice small cast too. I mean, Anthony Mackie, Margaret Qualley and Danny Houston, and that's it. Like it's just three people in this Which, movie. That's all that's credited. And is so. that telling that like now we know kind of more about how it's ending because they're trying to get to other people. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or is... <laughs> well, I don't know. They because she talks about her father, and so it could be flashbacks. Yeah. Yep. yep, it could be flashbacks. And I, yeah, I, I enjoy, you know, sci-fi films like this with a, a small cast. And this is something that you know, five years ago would have been, uh, you know, sci-fi channel thing, and it would have been really low budget. And when you have an interesting concept like this, and you can get. You've got a budget to get some good actors in there. I think it can sometimes elevate a script that yeah, a few years ago would have been, yeah, it's just another one of those made for sci-fi, cheesy, you know, low budget things. It's got a couple of people. So there's not a lot that, you know, to do, you know, budget wise, you can throw in some cheesy, you know, outdated CGI in there. But this one looks like something I'm going to really enjoy because it is that that concept of the world's ending, but it's focused on these two characters and their little journey. And those are stories I really enjoy seeing because if the writer gives us interesting characters and some interesting dynamics between them, we can have a really fun journey with them. And that's what I'm expecting out of this. Yeah, all the all the dressing of whatever the, the concept is about the world and the toxic zones and all of that, uh, you know, it could be, you know, it could be anything. But uh, this one, uh, I think I'm going to, you know, next Saturday after we record our sat mat, I may just sit down and watch this one. And it's a trailer pick, so you could get JJ to watch it too. I'll bet he would watch this one. He he would, but he won't watch it on a Saturday morning. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Come on, kids! I'd like to show you what the world looks like when it's about to end. <laughs> you can watch your cartoons later. That's right. All right. This is, a, this is important news. So, who's next on the uh, on the calendar? Well, I guess that would be me. That's Andy. You know. That's Andy. I am, you know, we talked about uh, <laughs> good old Mads Mikkelsen with uh, his new film, um, Arctic, coming out. And it just was fitting that we do another Mads Mikkelsen uh, winter-themed film, because this week I'm talking about Polar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this guy is doing with his career, but it just is uh, hilarious that he's doing these two particular movies, <laughs> and they're coming out uh, relatively close to each other. Uh, Polar is uh, based on a graphic novel uh, written and illustrated by Victor Santos. And a, it was a webcomic and series of graphic novels uh, featuring international hitman Kaiser Black, uh, inspired mm -hmm. by a lot of um, action and noir fiction. And it was in its original release, it had a very um, stylized, highly stylized design and a complete lack of dialogue. And I guess when Dark Horse picked it up to do the graphic novel um, publications, they did add speech balloons 
um, in it, but that really piqued my curiosity. I, I really would love to check it out and see what it looks like in its um, original form. Um, but uh, now they've uh, made a film adaptation, and uh, Jonas Ackerland is directing it. Who um, I we we've talked about small apartments as a trailer pick a while back. I still never ended up checking that one out. Um, he's mostly known for directing music videos, um, just tons of music videos and still very much directing music videos for, um, a lot of big people. You too, uh, Keisha, Lady Gaga, Metallica, Sigur Rós, Beyonce, Taylor Swift, Madonna. Um, I think that the, um, uh, Ray of Light video that he did for Madonna is one that really stands out for me. Um, only seven film credits, and uh, this is the most recent, um, and I, I've not seen any of them, so I, I don't know what to really expect from a Jonas Ackerland film. But still, the look of this, the vibe of this, and of course Mads Mikkelsen as the lead uh, is just very exciting as this this world's top assassin that's trying to retire, but apparently the employer firm that he works for has this policy that when you reti retire instead of giving you the retirement money they plan on giving you they kill you so they can keep the money is kind of what it sounds like and he's not too game with that plan and and especially after he befriends Vanessa Hudgens and uh, pretty much goes to town on the bad guys so um uh Catherine Winnick Johnny Knoxville, Matt Lucas, all are in this as well. It, I just thought it looked really fun. And uh, of course, Mads Mikkelsen. What do you guys think? I think that uh, that array of guns laser controlled by his laser pointers <laughs> on his fingertips made me want to see this movie. Everything else I thought, oh, look, it's John Wick in winter. Uh, and then I went and looked at the John Wick poster from the first movie, and it looks exactly like this one. Just not snowing. And that made me say, meh. But then I saw the fingertip guns uh, array, and I took it all back, and I said, Mads Mikkelsen, I love you, and Vanessa Hudgens, you were, uh, what happened to you since High School Musical, but I'll still watch this movie, and I will watch it in, in two weeks. Yes. Indeed. Absolutely. <laughs> I, the first half of the trailer, I was very, meh, yeah, I was thinking, yeah, it's John Wick, but then we start getting... Because it has just a very, you know, bleak, dark look to it. And then all of a sudden we're getting scenes that are like brightly colored. So I don't know what is going on in this world where I'm getting, as I expect, you know, he's up in the up in the cold Arctic and it's dark and gritty and grimy. And but I want to know what's going on in this movie where we've got these like brightly colored, like cartoonish, I, I don't know, sequences I'm curious what this thing is really all about because I thought it was going to give me one thing, but now these little scenes that I'm seeing here in the trailer leave me believe there's something else. There's more to this movie. I don't know if it's flashbacks. I don't know what is going on. So I'm curious to see it for that. I don't need another John Wick. I love John Wick. Fingertip laser guns. Yeah, okay. That'll be a fun scene, but I'm really curious because there's enough in this trailer to intrigue me to see what this larger story is going on that it's uh there's there's something more visually appealing to me in this trailer um like we said it, it is released on netflix yeah. on the 25th but i just found yeah. you can go to the website polarcomic.com and it looks like you can kind of go through the entire uh 
webcomic's still there. I'm like I'm looking at page one. Um, it's just from January second, twenty twelve. Wow. Uh, Sweet. Yeah, it goes through. Um, the, it has all the stuff for the first three seasons of it, all the different chapters and everything, and uh, tons of stuff. So anyway, there you go. If you want more info about that story. All, all right, right, Steve. Okay. Things are getting crazy with Jake Gyllenhaal and his big glasses. <laughs> <laughs> February 1st brings us Velvet Buzzsaw. Uh, this is written and directed by Dan Gilroy. Um, you may remember his little film with uh, Jake called Nightcrawler from a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Yes, uh, excellent. So I've I am interested to see what craziness he's bringing. This is a story of uh, delving into the art world and uh, someone who discovers some paintings. A gentleman in her apartment dies and they find all these uh, paintings and it's really intriguing to the art community. But then they start realizing there's something more to these paintings. They move. They, uh, as we see in the trailer, apparently reach out and grab people. Uh, there's some supernatural force that has been given life. And perhaps it's because this artist used actual blood uh, in his, his painting. But we've got sort of a supernatural mystery thriller here in the art world and we've got Jake Gyllenhaal as a art critic we've got John Malkovich we've got Tony Collette and uh, Mr. Gilroy's right wife Renee Russo in uh, this weird little film about art I guess so that's what we can look forward to to start off February Velvet Buzzsaw what do you guys uh, think about this uh, weirdness it's funny as soon as the trailer started because uh, I'd never heard anything about this. I, I saw the trailer start and Jake Gyllenhaal, just the way that his performance was, I'm like, this has to be a Gilroy film. Like, I, it just, <laughs> it felt like it. And and then I saw Rene Russo and I'm like, oh, totally is. It totally, totally is. <laughs> like, here's Dan Gilroy back at it. And I, you know, I just, I feel like the, this Gilroy family you know, they make such interesting yeah. films um i I'd still missed uh roman j israel esq but for the most part when uh, when these guys are involved in projects um i just feel like whoever it is whatever they're doing i want to see it and nightcrawler was just uh such a, a masterful film and just an amazing story with incredible performances um this looks it, it went from a really interesting like art world story to all of a sudden like a crazy horror movie film. <laughs> I'm like, yes. what just happened here? <laughs> but it still looks super intriguing. Uh, really fascinating world. I very much am looking forward to this one. Yeah, I, I think I am. I think I am. <laughs> but as you can imagine, like it goes, I, uh, there's this line in Dan made a, a maze uh, where he says, Dave. you come home and there's our Dave made a maze. Uh, you come home and there's a, a cardboard maze in your living room and you say, what? That's wackadoodle crazy. And I've been saying that a lot. And that's what I said about halfway through this trailer. This is wackadoodle crazy. What has Gyllenhaal gotten himself into? Uh, because it comes right off the rails. Like, right. I thought this yeah. is a taut thriller. Somebody's used an artist used blood in the. Wow, that's great. And then fuzzy arms reach out of the mirror and grab the. No, no, that's not as great. And uh, so um, it was it was weird. And it became it became the kind of horror movie that I'm not as into. And so I 
I, I don't know. Uh, I think it's going to be, I, I think it'll be a, a good film. I don't think it's one that I will like. It wasn't made for me. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see. But uh, it, it looks, it looks thrilling. Uh, what I will say is, I think this, you know, this is an enormous opportunity for for Jake Gyllenhaal to do something, uh, you know, to really amp up his, uh, you know, his performance credibility uh, in a new and interesting direction. And he's always doing new and crazy, interesting things. Uh, and uh, this is I think this is a great one to have on his uh, on his um, credits because it he looks like somebody you'll want to watch. Uh, in this movie, so yeah. Well, February first, we got a nice little trio of Saturdays or Fridays or weekends uh, lined up here for for Netflix, and it still baffles me this this business model of theirs, where I I can't imagine that any one of these films in itself, based on what it costs for them, they're going to recoup that by new subscribers joining. Just I I've got to see I O I've got to see I O and we're gonna we're gonna sign up for Netflix just for that or for for Polar or for Velvet Buzzsaw yeah none I, of these are HBO's Game of Thrones but I I I love that these films are being supported and being made and that we've got a, a venue for them but I just don't understand how Netflix makes this business model work because there's it's not like putting it out in theaters where it's like, oh, people show up and we make money off it. It's like, well, subscribers haven't changed. We're still making the same amount of money and we're throwing a lot of it into original content. So I don't know how they, what magic bucket they have that's generating money for them for all these, well, I these think, films, but I'm enjoying I think it. Netflix had a, a model that uh, it was basically a blockbuster and an HBO model. So they had a, a much yeah. bigger base of mm -hmm. subscribers than HBO did. Oh, and sure. so I think yes. that's yeah. been kind of a, largely a thing that's helped them out quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, and I mean, just the amount of content they crank out, man, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, my kids, I mean, that's where they watch all their shows and, and they're, they're growing up in a totally different world where they find a show they enjoy and then they binge it and, uh, you know, all as many seasons as they can. I and mean, they'll just kind of plow through it, whether it's a you know a, a fictional you know cartoon or a, a narrative show like a disney ch channel type of show or like a cooking show my daughter's way into watching these cake shows and she'll just plow through seasons and it's i i think it's an interesting model that they've created that is really allowing for people to just um, dig in so i you know it's you're right i don't think that just a, a movie like this is necessarily going to say oh i'm totally signing up now yeah but they've done enough stuff where um, oh, I, yeah. I think yeah. it, they're giving people the options. These yeah. are the halcyon days, boys. When, when I mean, yeah. who would have thought twenty years ago that one day we would wake up and say, "My daughter, she just loves these cake shows." <laughs> Thank God Netflix exists to deliver right. these cake shows. I mean, exactly. seriously. Or yeah, who'd have thought? Like, uh, you know, you could say, "Gosh, I really enjoy this show." Cheers. I, I wish that I started watching it from the beginning, but at least I yeah. can watch the watch it from here forward. <laughs> yeah, uh, only to say one day. Oh, well, I mean, obviously syndication, but still, it's like this point where, oh, you know, I I think I'll just lay in bed all day and watch Cheers for twelve straight yes. hours. Right. <laughs> or or as you know, the millennials appear to be doing rediscovering Friends from season one. Like that's. <laughs> yes. That that was a highly controversial thing when they were going to pull it and everybody freaked out, uh, <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, so uh, let's do let's do lists.
let's do our lists. So um, uh, what I would, I'm going to venture a guess, Pete. I'm going to say that Rachel Rachel may turn into one of our least listened to episodes because I just don't think it's a movie people are going to seek out very much. Well, I'm not sure we sold it all that well. Uh, It was was a tough one. It was a tough one. As enthusiastic as we should have been, probably. But um, for the film which we talk about this week on the show, um, Paul Newman's directorial debut featuring his wife as the star, uh, our options were actors directing, coming of parentheses, middle, age and morgues and uh our listeners voted on actors directing so it was a little bit uh back and forth but that's where we landed that's what we're talking about who wants to kick it off uh well uh, i'll go first because i've got one that is i'm hoping a guaranteed steal uh, <laughs> and i'd like to get it out of the way okay can can, can okay. i do that do it uh it is uh it's one of my favorite examples of an actor who goes on to direct, and I do it in honor of Andy Nelson. Oh, dear. That is John Favreau in Iron Man. John <laughs> uh, Favreau directs. He also directs himself in Iron Man, but he was uh, at first an actor, and he went on to direct Iron Man, and now we're talking about it at exhaustive detail. And so that is my homage to Andy and MMM <laughs> with the, uh, the honorable Iron Man first pick, John Favreau. You may continue now. Lovely choice, lovely choice. Uh, it's a still, but it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, the dibs pick. I will forgive that one. Um, Steve, do you want to go next, or shall I? Uh, sh- sh- go ahead. Go ahead. That's, I'm curious to see what direction you're taking. Okay, so I, your I was actually... Um, for mine, I was trying to kind of find a way to define it a little bit more for myself, because as you dig into looking at actors directing, you realize, damn, there's a lot of actors who direct. Um, mm-hmm. It's like everyone. And so I, I tried to limit it in a few ways. One, I was trying to find um, people who didn't kind of come right out of the gates as like, you know, um, uh, hyphenate, hyphenates, you know, actor, director, producers. I, I was trying to eliminate those a little bit and try finding people who started as actors and then maybe moved into directing later. And I was trying to find people that didn't just like direct one thing like Charles Lawton or something saying, no, there's my one thing. Um, so, uh, with that, I'm going to go for my first pick. I'm going to do a film that, um, really worked well for me, uh, back in the late nineties, um, Eve's Bayou from 1997, that Casey Lemons directed. Uh, she actually started acting in in TV back in the 60s, which I didn't realize. Um, actually, maybe the 70s, but 60s or 70s. She started a lot earlier than I realized. And then um, I first saw her in, um, what was the movie I first saw her in? Probably Vampire's Kiss, Pete, and then Silence of the yeah. Lambs and Candyman. Um, and then in 1997, she directed this amazing amazing film that i instantly fell in love with called eve's bayou it was her directorial debut she's directed a few other films but that's the one that for me is the standout film it's a really powerful film about a uh, a family living in uh, uh, the uh, louisiana bayou area and this little girl eve who um, witnesses something with her father that kind of turns into this uh, potentially a disastrous secret and just kind of the way that it unfolds is really uh, a, just a masterful film. I, I love it. Uh, that's my first pick, Eve Spyu. 
That was so great. And Eve, the girl who played Eve, I think she was like 10 or 11 when she oh, did that she movie. She was just yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, just great. And Samuel Jackson, right? He was yeah. the, yeah. he was in, that was, that was a terrific film. Yeah. I too found that there were so many that I had to find a way to, to filter this down to something that meant something for me. So I, I had to dig through and you know, Andy's sort of the same thing of like, when you think of a, you know, actor that's directing, I was trying to find somebody established career that was well known as an actor. So stepping in directing for me was somewhat uh, for some of them. I don't want to say a career risk, but it was like, okay, they, everybody knows this person can act. Have, what have they learned? Can they really direct? Um, so that's sort of the approach that I took of like, they're going to, they're going to stretch themselves. We're gonna, they're going to test themselves in some new waters here and see what this does for their career. And, and are they going to be successful as a director? Or is this going to be maybe their, their, their directorial efforts aren't as solid as their acting efforts. And, uh, for order, I'm just going to go in the IMDB star rating. Cause I can't, can't decide. So I'm going to start us off with a 6.7. On IMDb, they I came love out this in strategy. <laughs> came out in doing this. <laughs> came out in 1991. Uh, so watching this trailer was a little painful because trailers just looked so different. Or the ones that are surviving on the internet are I, the oddest trailers ever. I don't know. Uh, but this is a story of a single parent trying to raise her young son Fred, and Fred is a genius. This is Jodie Foster's uh, film Little Man Tate, and I remember seeing this in the theater, you know, gosh, this was before I was married, before I had kids, and looking at the struggles of a single parent trying to raise a genius child and the adventure that uh, Fred has of finding a community of, you know, of geniuses and social awkwardness, you know, going to college, all of these things uh, written by Scott Frank. This was early on. Uh, I think he I just seen a couple of years earlier uh, dead again from him. Oh, so, so, you know. Good. Yeah, so this is uh, my first one from uh, from Jodie Foster, Little Man Tate. That's that's a one that I don't remember that well. I remember enjoying it, but I can't remember much about it. So it's, uh, but it's it was one that I was I was tempted to put on my list. I just was like, gosh, I just uh, I don't remember it well enough to to justify that. Uh, it's it's one that, it's one that I think is if people haven't seen it, this is and. To make it truly an oddity, rated PG. How often do you see movies, you know, with a with a PG rating uh, nowadays that are actually not targeted at kids? This is, I mean, kids may enjoy this. I I don't know because it's tackling a lot of things. I'm sort of thinking I don't even know if my kids have seen this, uh, but I think it's one that, as I was digging through, I thought I really enjoy this. It probably should be revisited, and IMDb tells me it's available on Amazon Prime right now. Wow. So. Yeah, needs to be revisited. Uh, all right, my second pick. Uh, you know, I I, I didn't really uh, think about. You know, I didn't really narrow my you know criteria here based on anything that you guys have been talking about. But I uh, I, I did go by sort of my emotional reaction to Paul Newman as an actor, and uh, uh, you know, and and what he brings to the screen as a director and and an actor in his performances. And uh, so my second, I go with a a an actor who has. Uh, he's directed a handful of films. He's got, you know, eight credits, uh, but six of them are feature films. The other uh, two are 
uh, TV uh, directorial credits, but his actor's credit, he's got 89. Uh, and uh, his earlier films uh, were much better. They have been deteriorating over the years. The film I'm uh, hanging my hat on is Good Night and Good Luck, directed by George Clooney. Uh, it is a 7.5 on the IMDb uh, six-star rating scale. And so... Uh, it, I feel very comfortable in saying that this is a a movie I'm quite a fan of. I, I love the performances. I love the style. Um, and, uh, of course, the performance of David Strathairn is uh, just terrific, um, you know, as uh, Edward R. Murrow's, uh, Edward R. Murrow. So uh, I really like this. Now, Clooney has... Uh, deteriorated in terms of public, uh, I think, fandom of his movies. And we are, you know, we're kind of, uh, we, we didn't like Monuments Men. That's what I'm trying to say. I was trying to find a delicate way to say it, but Monuments <laughs> Men didn't do well for us. Uh, and and that's uh, uh, one, of his, one of his more and recent. Just, but it, it And that just killed it for him, didn't it? He, he heard we didn't, you guys didn't like it. And so he said, fine, no. if Pete and Andy don't like my movies, I'm not doing it <laughs> exactly. anymore. Exactly. And then he went and made Suburbicon. And that's like the middle <laughs> finger to the critics. Like that movie. <laughs> just didn't even hit six stars. Uh, you know, Leatherheads in 2008 was a six star. Ides of March in 2011, I actually quite liked Ides, Ides of March. Uh, Confessions yeah. of a Dangerous Mind, I thought uh, Sam Rockwell was great. I loved that uh, one. Yes. As Chuck Barris, I thought that was terrific. That was 2002. You know what I'm saying? Like wow. the early 2000s yeah. were great for George Clooney. So let's celebrate yeah. that. Uh, that is the kind of feeling that I get from him. I think he's, uh, uh, I, I think he's a, a talented director. I'd like to see him do more and I'd like to see him do uh, do more in the vein of of those earlier fi- did, those did earlier he, films. Did he direct Men Who Stare at Goats, or was he just in that one? Because no, that he did not direct Men that, Who Stare at Goats. It's funny because of the films that he has directed, like Leatherheads and and uh, Suburbicon. I always feel yeah. like he directed Men Who Stare at Goats because it just seems like something that George Clooney would probably end up directing. No, that well, was <laughs> that was Grant Heslov, which is interesting oh, because right, he yeah. co wrote yeah. that with he co wrote yeah. Good Night and Good Luck with Grant Heslov. Right, yeah. So it really right. feels like that. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah, they're they're like producing partners, yeah. so it's that's probably yeah. why it has that that feel. Yeah, yeah, it's got a got a vibe. So there you go, George Clooney. That's my number two. Excellent. As you may know, I have been watching through the the uh, chronologically the films of Robert Redford, and I am. Uh, it's it's a long list of movies to watch. <laughs> he's he's acted in forty eight films, and I'm watching. Uh, films that he's been involved in as a director and uh, 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 producer too, but as long as it's not just like an executive producer type of thing. Um, so it's a, it's a long list of movies. I'm still uh, I'm still mired in the 70s. I've got quite a ways to go still. But uh, in 1980, he started directing. Now he had started. He he dabbled in producing uh, in early 70s um, when he was executive producer on the candidate but he didn't uh, do anything else with uh with producing uh features and he didn't direct um uh, until 1980 and that uh, started with ordinary people or as we learned in uh, the fisher king uh, the the porn version ordinary peoples which uh, <laughs> i never tire of um this <laughs> this film um i it's it's a it's a kind of a quiet film um, but it is a really powerful film. And I just, uh, I remember watching it for the first time and I was much younger and I was much closer in age to, uh, to Timothy Hutton, uh, when he, uh, played this character. And I just felt really connected to him and the relationships that he had with his parents, uh, played by Mary Tyler Moore and Judd Hirsch. 
and uh, or sorry, Mary Tyler Moore and Donald Sutherland, and then his counselors, Judd Hirsch, and uh, just dealing with the aftermath of the the death of his brother that he kind of is has this heavy guilt with because his brother drowned while they were out on the boat together. Um, it's an incredibly uh, powerful film that I just found to be very effective. I really loved it. A lot of people um, uh, give it a lot of guff because it did win the best picture and uh, in 1980 beating uh, what some people say should have won Raging Bull and Martin Scorsese. But, you know, Ordinary People, uh, Peoples, I just want to say that now, <laughs> Ordinary People is a very affecting film. And I think Robert Redford, um, I think he is a, is a strong actor who knew how to get some really incredible performances out of his actors. So that's my second pick. I think that's a great pick. I haven't seen it in a long time yeah yeah uh i have a hard time uh comment uh, commenting on it other than man does that feel like a robert redford movie i guess that's not <laughs> <laughs> well it's very much of that era you yeah know? i don't know, it has a certain feel to yes that yeah the, the serious movies that were coming out there's a straight time. line between that and yeah. uh, old man with a gun no oh. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> they're they're sure. in the same okay. cinematic universe. Yes, it's there we go. Same <laughs> cinematic universe. That's right. Uh, we should do Robert Redford movies by minute next. <laughs> as soon as we finish Marvel. As soon as yes. Hey, you know, you got an endpoint though. You got an endpoint there. That's right. You know that. That's yes. right. Okay. All right, Steve. Oh, all right. Coming in at seven stars. Uh, <laughs> this was a. Uh, I think maybe one of the. I don't know. First time political satire. <laughs> really I connected with me because I was at that age where I was now voting. Uh, so paying a lot more attention to what was going on politically. So when Tim Robbins threw Bob Roberts at the world, which is a story of a conservative folk singer uh, getting into politics and running for Senate. And to me, just a hilarious uh, comedy with an amazing cast with, you know, of course, Tim Robbins as Bob Roberts, Giancarlo Esposito, Alan Rickman, Ray Wise, Gore Vidal, uh, Jack Black is in here somewhere, James Spader. Uh, it's an amazing cast. It's one I have not seen in forever, but I remember just laughing so hard at this film and really enjoying it and realizing, wow, Tim Robbins can, like, he write and direct, and he's uh, pulled off something that it was, for me was really unique at that time and it I still has this great place in, in my memory I have not seen it in a long time but I just remember loving how f how much fun this movie was to watch I don't remember feeling that the word fun came out of my mouth when I watched it but I do <laughs> oh, no no no, no. <laughs> I, I actually really liked it but fun was not the yeah. word like for me it was like damn He's uh he's not <laughs> yeah. holding back. Um that yeah. was that was my impression of it. I was um sure. I, I found oh, it yeah. to be quite uh uh quite a a strong film and I was like if if he keeps it up like this he's going to be making some pretty amazing films. And I think he has. I I mean I know his body of work is yeah. all of what three films. Um um two of which I think are are just masterful films. Um so yeah. A great pick. Uh okay. My final pick is this was a hard one. Um, I, I went with a director who has uh, he's got 125 acting credits and 18 directing credits. Only six of those credits uh, are feature films. The rest are TV or shorts. Um, 
the the films that he had done up to the movie that I I chose um, were not movies that would have caused me to think about him in this category. And in fact, uh, only one of them, well, I guess there's uh, several of them are over the six star uh, rule. Most of them are. In fact, there's only one that is below and that's at a 4.7. Uh, and uh, but the other ones, they're just every single film he's done has been, to, to my eye, appreciably different than the last. Uh, and, and so it's hard to get kind of a tone uh, for, for what this director delivers. For me, the movie that, that just landed, uh, well, it's, it's one of my very favorite movies of all time. It is a 7.3 on the IMDb scale. It is The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, directed by Ben Stiller. I loved this movie. I loved this movie hard. Uh, I, I just absolutely connected with it. I connected with his performance, but uh, in terms of the tone and the style of the film and the message that he was able to get across and uh, the the visual uh, tricks and tropes that he used to, to actually communicate this very difficult um, message about this man who's going on this, this internal and external journey uh, just really moved me. The other movies uh, that he did, the other one most close uh, to that on the IMDb scale is Tropic Thunder, which is totally different than uh, Walter <laughs> Mitty. And it's a seven. Yes. Uh, and I loved that movie. I thought it was just uh, fantastic and awful and uh, <laughs> just funny and incredible. And Reality Bites was probably the first movie that uh, that that I found touch me as a member of a generation um, that that was that was news to me that, you know, here's here's a movie that's written just for me and it's at my age. And uh, and that was uh, that was interesting. And then uh, from there, we've got Zoolander and Cable Guy. Cable Guy, again, what a, an amazingly different um, uh, presentation than any of the other films that he had done. Um, and so uh, I think Ben Ben Stiller has um, a wonderful toolkit. And uh, I, I love when he directs uh, just because I don't know what I'm going to get. And I, I hope he does. Uh, I hope he gets back into the feature director chair um, soon. F family favorite here. Yeah. That's oh yeah, in our house. Yes. Yeah, absolutely here too. I just love that movie. So I'm right there with you 100%. Um, All right, Andy. And sadly enough, I didn't have that on my list. Like, what was I thinking? I don't I, know. I, I I can't believe you let me get to number one. <laughs> yeah, well, well, for mine, I you know, I mean, come on, you know my love for Tom Hanks. Why? Yes. How could I not have this list without throwing Tom Hanks in here? And actually, I had two great options, but I'm going with that thing you do from 1996, which is it's not a favorite of mine, but I think that Tom Hanks, who wrote and directed it had just so much passion for for the music scene from the era and and did a great job of telling this story of this uh, one-hit wonder band from the 60s kind of riding on the coattails of the Beatles and did just a really a great job kind of creating the the tone and the mood and the characters and it's it is a very enjoy, enjoyable film to watch with a great soundtrack i i had such a great time with it and i thought tom hanks uh, did a great job. I mean, unfortunately, he's gone on to direct um, uh, Larry Crown, which is uh, one of the worst things that he's ever done in his entire career. <laughs> but at least he has this. So uh, so I give him credit for that. Um, that's my final pick, that thing you do. That was a for me, that was one of those high stakes decisions of like, OK, Tom Hanks, can you really direct? And for me, yeah, he delivered it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. 
So that's our list this week. Wait. Actors directing. This is a good set of picks. The only one that didn't make my list, which really, <laughs> I, I'm surprised, Andy. I kind of left it for don't, you. Well, don't we have think... one more? Yeah. Oh, no, Steve. Okay. Uh, Steve has one like, more. Wait a minute. Oh. I, I do. Yeah, you do. I, do. I have one more blank on my list here. Steve, I'm so sorry. I'm so that's sorry. Okay. Maybe this is the one. This is the one that I was surprised at. Go ahead. Uh, well, we'll see. Because I'm rain. surprised that it, I'm I'm surprised it's a 7.5 on the IMDb scale. Because I think this movie is a little uh, it's not controversial, but I think it's some people love it, some people eh, don't care for it. And one of the reasons that people you know throw some I don't know I want to say hate, but have some criticisms of this movie is because it is often cited as the origin of a, a film trope the manic pixie dream girl i'm talking about garden state which i saw in the theater and this was zach braff uh well known from scrubs and coming out and, and telling a really odd story a personal odd story i believe about a young man uh dealing with uh coming home for his mother's funeral and sort of reconnecting or with family and friends and his little emotional journey it's an odd film it's one that i enjoyed i don't know that i'd say i love it i am surprised it's at 7.5 on imdb but it is one that if people haven't seen i'm going to encourage them to go check it out because i think it does have some great moments to it but that could be just my memory because this was 2004 and it was a very different world back then my memory of that movie is actually much better than I think the, the yeah. collective cultural memory of it, too. Yeah. I, I actually remember having a good time with it. A lot of that, I think, was fueled by the music. The soundtrack is oh, yes. great. Yeah. It is the it's a, a it was a wonderful mixtape uh, of the early 2000s. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. I thought Natalie Portman was was fun in that movie. Oh, I don't yeah. I, this whole manic pixie dream girl thing. I don't I don't get it was a movie that I enjoyed, um, but I didn't love. I, I never quite connected with it as much as I wanted to, which is frustrating because I actually saw this at its premiere at the L.A. Film Festival and actually talked to Zach Braff <laughs> weirdly. We, uh, is this the name dropping portion it is. of the This is the name show? dropping portion good. of the I just show. Kinda, good. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, but it was, just, it, was a weird, it was a weird moment. I'm like, gosh, I wish I liked it more. But I, I, I didn't say that to him, but it was just one of those moments where I wish I did like it more. So I, I could have felt better about the fact after when I was yeah. talking to him. So anyway, I, I remember this came out right after um, uh, Shattered Glass, uh, which uh, was another oh, okay. Peter Sarsgaard film. And that that, uh, you know, he played uh, Chuck Lane in that movie. And, and that was one of my uh, one of my favorites at the time. I mean, it told a, a terrific story. So I was already like I was way into Sarsgaard. And I remember seeing this. I was like, oh. I kind of wish I was watching uh, Shattered Glass again, but um, but uh. I did. I liked it. I, I enjoyed it. So I'm, yeah, uh, I've never talked to Zach Braff, so just so. <laughs> okay. So that is officially the list. But I have to yes. say, I can't believe that this one uh, made it, and that is uh, in in honor of this is my this is my bon bonus in memoriam pick, and that is uh, Big from Penny Marshall. That was that was on my list. Yeah, that I was can't the other one I was, gonna, I was torn. I'm like, do I do his film or do I do yeah. a film that he was in with Penny Marshall? And I, I opted to go that route. But Big Big was definitely one that I had written down. Yeah. I mean, talk about an actress who made an incredible turn. I mean, she just uh, she's great. I don't like all of her movies, but I think she's she was incredibly talented and, yes. and uh, great to have represented. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, that's the list. What are we doing this week? Romeo and Juliet. We're uh, looking at uh, Shakespeare. So, what do we want to talk about? 
I mean, it seems like Shakespeare adaptations should be an obvious choice. It'll probably be the one yeah, that no one yeah. picks. Yeah, right. I, I guarantee. It's the safe pick. Okay. Uh, you got, you know, warring families, you know. You got that. Yep. Um, teen. Uh, how about teens playing romance? Teens. teens playing teen romance. Teen, yeah. Teens playing okay. teens. Teens yeah. playing teens. Teens uh, playing sure. teens. I don't All know right. if that, that yeah. might be too. That, I don't know. I don't know. That's, well, that uh, goes against the whole CW model of, of making those. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily, uh, CW is not producing movies yet. But. No. <laughs> what, I, uh, did, teen, did we get teen lusty romance? That was the thing that drove Andy the most crazy. The lusty teen romance? Yeah. Striking too close to home for him now? Is that what's going on? <laughs> yeah. That's right around the corner, Welcome Andy. To the now, Andy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. No. All right. So, Shakespeare adaptations. Are we doing family? What was it? Family battles? Family. Warring uh, families. Yeah. Warring, Warring families. families. Yeah. Do we want to do teens? Lusty teens? Yeah. Teen we'll romance? Lusty teens. Yeah. Lusty teen <laughs> lusty romance. Lusty teen romance. This seems like right up Steve's alley. I mean, every every trailer he picks is basically this category. It, it's almost as if he he started doing Saturday matinee so that he could do this category one day. He's like, finally, my day Born has to come. Do this. So, so we do ten movies, right? That's how we do the list. Oh, you can just do the whole thing. We'll just we'll okay. just listen. <laughs> All right, so that's oh, our that's wait. our choices: Shakespeare adaptations, Warring Families, and Lusty Teen Romance. Uh, right. Love it, love it! Fantastic. We'll uh, get that on the uh, on the show talk channel, everybody, and you can get your votes in. Thank you, everybody, for uh, uh, downloading and listening to this show. Happy weekend, uh, and thank you for supporting us on Patreon. We sure appreciate uh, appreciate it, and it's helping us to do things like the Marvel Movie Minute uh, and uh, other great new shows. Steve, what is going on with uh, Trailer Rewind? When are you coming back? You took a holiday break. Yeah, we're coming back, and I've, January got way ahead of me and i'm like oh wow we're halfway through january jj and i gotta schedule some time so with it's it's coming back it's just uh yeah the holidays lasted a little longer than i anticipated and so i hear we'll i rumor has soon. it uh that you're also working on some new three of a kinds yes those are still in the works still still trying to finalize some of these lists for these three of a kinds it's much more challenging than i anticipated but yes that is in the works coming this springish i hope you know oh, we've got three sets of three of a kind right here just today, actors direct. Yeah. You could just start. This is cherry picking territory mm-hmm. right here. We're I feel like we've done a lot do. of the work for you. <laughs> uh, anyway, can't wait for those shows to come back. Yes. And uh, thank you all for supporting uh, uh, this show, those shows. And thank you, Steve and Andy. Have a great, great weekend. Same to you. Hondo. Andy, according to my friend, Internet, this is what Letterboxd is. Letterboxd is a global social network for grassroots film discussion and discovery. Use it as a diary to record and share your opinion about films as you watch them, or just keep track of films you've seen in the past. Showcase your favorites on your profile page. That is a lot. You bet it is. That's why I want you to tell our fair listeners just one thing you do with Letterboxd that has changed the way you watch movies. Let them have it. Okay, are you ready for this? So ready. I love lists. As of today, I have 246 lists in my account. I use them to track the movies I watch, organize them in all sorts of different ways. I track them by hand. I clone lists from other people. I use them to plan what I'm going to be watching, all sorts of things. I just, I love creating lists. It's a fantastic tool. 
sexiest animated characters. Andy, what is this? We love Letterboxd. And if you're a movie lover, we are sure you will too. And when you upgrade from the free account, you will remove ads and support the great Kiwi team building this amazing service. Just use the discount code NEXTREEL or visit thenextreel.com slash Letterboxd to get 20% off your pro or patron membership. And it works for renewals as well. 